All right, so I have this script here. Um, I got a call about 3.30 in the afternoon on Monday from Sarah. And then at that time, I was, at, I was taking my nap. You know how it is, right? You're just like, you know. And then my phone vibrates, and I'm like, man, what is this? I look at it, Sarah, I'm like, oh, oh, boy, what could this be? So I get a call, and they're like, hey, can you, t- can you like, just bang out a 10-minute testimony, you know, for tomorrow? And I'm just like, what? All right, all right. I got you. I got you. Um, so, yeah, you know, uh, I'm Bryce. You know, you know that. Um, basically, uh, let me give you a little background on my life. Um, I'm like the prototypical suburbia kid. I'm from Southern California. I came from a good home. My parents are God-fearing Christians. My grandparents are God-fearing Christians. Uh, I don't speak any Japanese, if that's what you all want to know. I've gotten that question so many times that I'm just like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't speak Japanese. I don't look Japanese um, to many people. So, um, you know, just sometimes identity identity uh, is, is, is a kind of a problem out here, you know. Um, also, I don't want to broadcast that I'm Japanese because, uh, you know. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. All right, so anyway, yeah, I grew up in the church all my life. You know, I went to, like, nursery school, like, kindergarten, like, first through sixth grade. And, you know, I said my Bible verses. I got my stickers, you know. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his one begotten son, you know. Yeah, I remember that. And, uh, yeah, you know, I was just just living that, that life of church, you know. Um, but I'd go back, and being the innocent kid that I was, I kind of just, uh, you know, I just did my thing. Um, not so much for, uh, you know, just like, not not so much like, oh, I'm living a bad, sinful life. Just kind of like, you know, I'm a kid. I, I have that innocence about me, you know? Um, and yeah, just, just I'm going to give you a background about my church. Uh, it's an older church, uh, so demographic would be like, like this whole room, it'll be like, these two parts would be like old people, and then this part here would be young people. So, um, our youth group was always real small, um, and just after a while, I just felt like I can't really identify with these people. Um, I mean, I love the church, I love the family, I mean, I know that they always look out for me, um, but people who I looked up to in the youth ministry just started to leave. Um, they got older. They wanted to go to their own church. Uh, they had families. And I, I totally understand that. You know, you got to make your own way in God. But um, it's one of those things where me and my friends were just kind of like, oh, we're, we're too young to actually leave. And we're too old to be with all these little kids. Because it was basically like maybe 10 high schoolers and then a bunch of like little babies running around. We're like, we can't. I mean, we can help them out. <laughs> but we can't really minister to these kids the same way, you know. And we... And so, um, yeah, I went to youth group, like, halfway through high school, and afterwards I was just like, no, um, it's not for me. Uh, I didn't really, like, identify, and it just always felt so small. I was like, wow, there's, I can only relate with these three people, you know? Um, yeah, so going to functions outside of service, like, you know, fellowship times and, like, all their small group and youth group, it was just, it was just hard. I don't know if uh, some of you have been through that, but um, our ministry was just really small, and our church was, is, uh, was really hurting, I think. 
and uh, lots of people don't admit it um, because they're really uh, you know, really complacent, I think. And so uh, a lot of our church would just be fine with making changes or, you know, like shortening up service just because it's too long. It's kind of like, you know, um, my mom would always say, like, that doesn't matter, you know. It's all about praising God, and that should take as long as it needs to take. Um, so, yeah, my my parents, like, they always told me they love me because I was, like, their only son. Um, I don't want to sound like, you know, like, well, yeah, they kind of spoiled me a little bit. But it's one of those things where I was the only child, and I was born kind of later in their lives. Um, so, you know, growing up, I was like, man, I wanted brothers or sisters, you know, whatever. But... <laughs> Um, just somebody to like, you know, to play with, you know, to have competitions with, to like really just drive you, you know? Um, and I, I never had that. So I, I, uh, yeah, I, I play by myself a lot, you know, just, uh, I had to work with, uh, adults a lot more. So, uh, that's why my parents say, oh man, you're really good at talking with older people. I'm like, I guess that's a skill, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, um, so really just. Uh, I decided to go to school, to college in uh, Washington D.C. and uh, study international relations because I thought that was that was where I wanted to be at. And uh, my pastor is like, "You are going to go out and you are going to affect nations." And at first, I was like, "You know what? That sounds cool," because I want to be a diplomat and that's what I'm going to do. So, you know, great, cool beans. Um, <laughs> see you later. Like, honestly, see you later because, uh, you know, I'm I basically only go home for summer and winter break. So. Uh, I'm at school eight months out of the year. Um, so my parents are like, you know, find a church. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll go to Thursday, Thursday uh, healing ministry there. And I'm like, that's cool. But Sunday, it, just, it was just like all work and other things would get in my way. And I was just, in, I would infrequently go and I was like, felt really distant. And I'd come back and everybody's like, oh, hey, you're back from D.C. How was it? How, you know, you find a church? Like, how's that going? I have to, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, I found a church. Yeah, I'm I'm doing good, you know. I'm I'm just like first year, and eventually got to you know I'm second year, and uh, you know I was just kind of always looking to that next break, you know, that next time when you just need to unwind. Um, so yeah, it was it proved a little bit more difficult keeping up my walk with God. All right, so let me fast forward to Korea. My parents again told me to find a church, and I was like, that's cool. I'll find a church. There's like a million of them. Um, and I mean, like there are a lot of English ministries, but you know, even if there's Korean, you know, I'd go and I'd just, you know, kind of sit and nod my head and be like, you know, I, I get that, you know? Um, but really I just came here to like, just take major courses, get new perspectives from a major, you know, be that, that really like internationalized worldly kid. Because uh, I used to travel, like, I'll just give you a little side note. I used to travel a lot when I was young, and the church thought it was just a blessing that I was going out into, like, Europe and Asian stuff. But I wasn't, like, ministering. I was just kind of just traveling, you know, just enjoying it. Because I was, like, 12. What, what do you get? It's hard to minister when you're 12. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, basically, I thought my studies are important. My grades are transferring. If not, it screws my GPA. And, you know, it's all about it, success, you know. Um, like, in, just growing up, my parents never told me that you had to be the most successful child on the face of the earth. But out of all my friends and, like, all my teachers, like, I would, I would just do well. So I get that pressure to really just be successful. Um, and it was one of those things where 
Yeah, like, I would stress out about my grades like no other. Like, in fifth grade, they called me stress man. Yeah. And it wasn't me. Like, literally, I would hyperventilate before tests and cram. And, like, man, I wanted that grade. When I'd fail, I thought it was the end of the world. I mean, like, yeah. And, you know, at the same time, you're like, you go to church. You understand that God, like, like loves you regardless. And I'm like, well, like, at, at that time, it's really hard to conceptualize that love, you know? Because you're really young. Because um, the first time I accepted Christ, I was really young and I was at a church retreat. And I'm like, well, every, it was one of those things where everybody was doing it. But I really felt led to do it. And it just didn't really translate into my, my daily life. Right? All right, so, so back to here. Right? Uh, God brought me to Emmaus. I'm so glad I found this group. I'm not even. But at first, at first, I'm keeping it real. At first, large group was a different entity right there. Like, like, like I said, I come from a conservative church. You know, you got lots of people falling asleep, but for no fault of their own, they're just, you know, a little old and tired. You know? You know what I'm saying? Like, like maybe they woke up at 4 this morning and were really productive, but we had church at 11, so it's been a while. And so, you know... You know, when everybody has that energy and it's jumping around, I was like, wow, this is like concert. That's cool. But like for me in, you know, in what I come from, it's more usual that I kind of just chill out and sit in the back and, you know, just sing in my own way. And, oh, you know, I didn't catch that first part, so I might not sing that chorus or, you know, whatever. <laughs> and yeah, it was like, yeah, and just it's pretty foreign to me, really. Um and I think, in all honesty, I was just self-conscious, you know? Like, I couldn't just let go. I couldn't just be free. I couldn't put up my hands. I'd be like, people's watching me. But the only people that were really watching me were the people who weren't praying. You know, they're like, they, they didn't close their eyes. And God. So, really, I had nothing to worry about. But anyway, I was a little self-conscious. Um, so, I just, I just kept going. And even, like, people I talked to would, like, reinforce that self-consciousness, you know? Like, they're like, oh, that's so weird. And I'm like, I understand because my church is so conservative. But, you know, that really shouldn't have been, like, looking back, it shouldn't have been an obstacle. But anyway, when it came time for this retreat, I was trying to find every excuse not to go. (laughs) You know, you all know, like, I was like, I was like, I got to do something. I, I I don't have money on me right now. Like, oh, man, I was a horrible person. Um, But, but I really felt that pressure to go. And at, at that point. In my walk, it was kind of like, man, this pressure is not good. Like, people need to kind of back off, right? But I didn't want to say it. I'm a little passive-aggressive, so I don't usually say it. Um, but anyway, it was one of those things where I, I just kept telling Sarah, because she kept asking me, like, every small group, that uh, I needed to really sit and meditate on it. And I think, like, as midterms kind of passed, I would, have, I would gain clarity, because, I, like, I know that, you know, God's always with you. And when you meditate and you ask him, and he'll, he'll reveal that answer. So whatever plans I made, they fell through. So I was like, I'm going. You know, I'm, I'm dropping my money. Um, so I paid as soon as, as that came. And that was great. Um, you know. <laughs> but really, it just led me to conclude that God wanted me to reestablish that walk. He, he wanted to bring me closer because I I'd kind of gotten a little distant. And I was just, it was one of those things where, like what I was saying, like, you know, you, 
you kind of sin, but you know, oh, God's going to forgive you. So every night you'd pray, oh, God, forgive me of these sins. And then you end up doing it the next day, and you're just like, dang, why did I do that? Like, why? You know? Like, and every time I go back to my church, we'd always have a certain thing that would hit me, and I'd be like, yeah, I've got to reestablish my walk. But it was never something that I consistently did. So that was my goal for this retreat. And in the first message, we had Pastor Christian. He was a great speaker. Um, about being spiritual. And he talked about use of spiritual gifts and being mature, being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, wow, I have none of those things. Like, like I conceptually know that God is there, but it's one of those things where it's kind of like in the desperate moments of need will I cry out. And I don't really feel that he's always with me. So, like, just everything. That's probably why I was, like, looking to the next break and all that stuff. So, um yeah, and just also when he talked about how good old Constantine did his little, you know, dissolution of the gospel, um, and he talked about how rationality kind of gets in the way, uh, I kind of felt similar, you know. College really gives you that place to really question everything. And sometimes it's good, but a lot of times it's bad, like, especially with your faith. Like, it's it's one of the hardest things. But yeah, I know. I'd be like moving back and forth between you know school and home, and it was just like every time I'd come back, my pastor would say something, and I'd be like, in the back of my mind, it was like, is this really true? And it's as a God-fearing Christian, it's kind of one of those questions you never want to have to ask yourself, but it's one you always will grapple with, you know. So yeah, After, there was an altar call at that point, and um, I was kind of like, you know what? I don't have to go up for this next one because it re- kind of really doesn't apply to me. I think it really did, but, you know, I, I, I was thinking that it really didn't. And so I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'll go up for the next one. And I was just in that mentality. And I, I thought I was open-minded, but I really wasn't, you know? All right, so then we had Pastor Marcus's message about the victim mentality. And that that stirred something in me. I don't know what it was, but Pastor Marcus, you know, he really relates to people and, like, like it, he really gives powerful messages. So I think, but it was one of those things that really brought forth my rationalities of Christianity and how that really wasn't faith. Like I built, like pieced together my own understanding of God. And that was kind of like, you know, he loves you all the time. So if you fail, it's all good. So you can just wash your hands and be like, all better. And then, you know, yeah, like you don't have to read your Bible. You know, you just know that God loves you and you're all good. But it's one of those things where that told me, no, that's why you're looking for fulfillment all the time because you thought you washed your hands when really you're as dirty as you were before you started. So, yeah, I just went up to the altar call and I had Sarah pray for me. And, yeah, that was powerful right there. Um, so I thought, you know, I'm good. I'm clean, right? <laughs> I'm good. That was the sec- I, went, I went up for my altar call. You know, I was good. Um but then, you know, the day wore on. We had our trivia games and skits. And, you know, God really, uh, he just let me come out of my mental boundaries, you know. Because I'm actually a really nervous person. I don't like performing in front of people I don't know. So, like, at my church, I would, be, I would like, lead worship. I would lead worship. Like, I'd be worship chair. Um, and they're like, oh, this is really good for you because you're, like, 15 years old and you're leading worship right now. And I'm like, but I just didn't understand how that's blessed. I was just kind of like, I'm going up to the podium and I'm like praying and taking an offering and like just 
trying to throw in some quibs about sports and, you know, like it's one of those things where it's just kind of like more of a, a tedious job for me, but I think it's really important because everybody in that church believes that I'm going to do something. It's just that be, basically because I've been, you know, slightly more mature in doing these kind of tasks. Like my, my friends really do that. Like they would, they would pick me to be worship chair. So when I go back for Christmas or, you know, like Memorial Day, I usually have to chair uh, our service, which is great. It's actually a blessing uh, now that I look back on it. But it's one of those things where, yeah, I don't like performing. So I had to be a main character. I don't know if all you all saw that. Um, yeah, I was. A, if you didn't know, I was a panda. All right. Now, I understand where you can get wrong, you know, cups for ears, like just black eyes. Like, I'll, I'm not going to lie. I looked at myself in the mirror. I was kind of afraid. But, you know, I give props. Like, Annie came up with the ears. Catherine did my makeup. She's the only one that does my makeup. That's why I didn't come up here right now, because I'd, I'd mess that up. Um, but it was one of those things where just being in that central role, like, really just kind of opened me up. Uh, and it was like, you know what? God was just kind of telling me, who cares what they think, you know? Just just go shift yourself. Just, you know? Um and I think from the results of the skits, you'll see, you'll see that in a lot of people, not just me, but a lot of people, you know? And, but the funny thing is all of us were like, man, every retreat, we got to do a skit. <laughs> Everyone without fail. And then later they tell us, oh yeah, this is the first time we've done it in three years. I'm like, well, why in three years? He's like, because we have a creative group and God's just going to bless that group. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense now. Um, <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, basically, final message, right? Pastor Aaron. Yeah. Oh, man. Trying to control your own way. Walk your own walk without God. That made me re-examine my own walk and put up my sins to God. Like, this was, like, true repentance right here. Like, I was like, no, because before I'd be like, yo, I'm, I'm clean. You know, I just said I'm sorry. And then I go back and do it. But now this was like, man, I've really been screwing up. Like, I probably just have this whole, like, just pile of bricks, you know? on top of my walk. Um, yeah, and so during the prayer time, the altar call, it was one of those things where I didn't go up, but I was praying for everybody in the front and then Catherine next to me because, uh, you know, she, she was having a moment with God. And I was like... <laughs> and, and I was like, you know... Uh, and I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid. I was just like, I pray for peace over her right now. Like... And I pray that God just, just take her in and, you know, make her feel comfortable and just, you know, it'll all be good. And then, and then Eunice came up to me, right? And I'm sitting and I'm like, all right, Eunice is going to pray for me. So she's praying for me and she's like, all right. And during the skit, I witnessed something that you were stepping out of your boundaries. I'm like, wow, that's true. And then she was praying and she's like, you are, you were before you were being held back by others' perceptions. I'm like, wow, that's also true. And eventually, it got to the point where I heard my name on the microphone. And uh, Pastor Aaron, if you don't know already, likes to call out people. But at this point, you know, usually I'm worried about that because I'm so self-conscious. But I was just like, you know what? It's all good. Just go up there, you know? Receive. Don't be stupid. Receive. Um so basically, yeah, she just, when she spoke about like me changing nations, like that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do that. My pastor said that to me. I just never took it to heart. 
And so with everybody praying, man, I have no idea how long I was up there, but my arms were tired. Like, I, it felt like an eternity, but it was an eternity of me and God. You know, I just put, like, all like all my problems up, and, it, like, I just felt like he was just, just outstretched hand, just, you know, like, you are my son, you know? And then I had Pastor John pray for me. I have no idea who he is outside of the guy who sings, you know? And he, like, put this finger in my chest like this, and I was like... Man, he, he like stabbed me in the heart right now. This is the most powerful thing I ever felt in my life. But I think I felt it more because my arms were tired. But, you know, he was blessing me. He was blessing me. Like he talked about how I just needed to go and just accept him and just go and affect nations. And I was like, wow, that's great because I had never met you before. So, you know. And then I don't remember the specific order, but I think Matt came up to me next. And he prayed and he said, you know, the similar thing, but it was just like, you know, God loves you. And it was really powerful. For whatever reason, I was just, I was tearing up. I was like, man, I got to hide my tears, man. Like, oh, it was, it was bad. But I was like, it was, cause, yeah, because my parents always said that they love me. But I guess I kind of just like, yeah, who else are you going to say that to? You know, like there's no other child, you know, but um, no, but no, I'm, I'm not trying to disrespect my parents at all, but I know they love me. Like my mom cries every time I leave for school. Like, I, I know that my, my dad ne- never heard the words, I love you from his dad. So he always says it to me. Wow. Like, it's one of those things he always tells me. But anyway, that spoke to me. And so I was like, oh, good, you know? And then Sarah came up to me and she was bawling. She's bawling more than me. I was like, wow. And she's like, yeah, I was, I was so blessed by your blessing right here. Like, you know? And I, I was like, great. And then Roy came up to me. He was my small group leader. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm very similar to you. I've got, you know, rationalities that hold me back. And, you know, I, I think that you and I have a similar path. And so, you know, you, you should go and I'm, I'm going to pray for you right now. So he prayed for me. And I, yeah, I don't know how long I was up there, but my feet were tired. And, um, but it was good. It was all good because it was with, with, it was with God. So basically out of that retreat, um, it's one of those things where I just feel my walk solidified with God. And, uh, you know, like it. I mean, I haven't really been tempted because I just kind of stayed in my room. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, like, I feel good that I have no desire to go about doing what I was doing before. You know? Like, man, it just, it just feels really good to not have to, be, not, not have to fall into that mental trap, you know? Because when you, whenever you do it, you're always just like, man, what did I just do? Like, you know that's bad, but you did it. You know, you can't go back. You didn't halfway do it. Like you just went all the way. So it's one of those things where I, I, I thank God that, you know, I've, I've really felt that, that love, you know, and, uh, I know I'll be tested again, but I know like that there's this community here that I can really lean on. So, yep, that's it. Thank you. Uh, stretch out your arms, stretch out your arms, stretch out your arms. I'm, I'm a